Hello and welcome to the COVID New Podcast. Today I'm joined by Byron. Hello. Hello Byron, how are you today? I'm, uh, I'm doing fine, how are you? I'm good, thanks. So, how has the pandemic been for you during sort of being in college? Um, well, college, you know, it's a very important thing in someone's life, in a kid's life. When they're growing up, you know, going through school, they're out of secondary school, they grow out there, starting to be more independent and you get a lot of experience from it and mm. it's sort of not lived up to that reputation because of the pandemic pandemic we haven't been in as much we've been in one and a half days a week well i have um personally and then the rest have been like online lessons and so yeah, i don't think it really lived up to that big reputation i had obviously that's because of the pandemic so overall the experience wasn't um too too positive Really. So I know you're a student of law, history and English. Can you tell me a bit about how you feel that has connected with the pandemic? Well, history, um, this, that's definitely going to be included. You know, if you um, think back about the Black Death, plagues, all these different illnesses that have gone through, it's definitely going to be part of history in maybe mm. the next 100 years or so, because it's such a big thing. Um, it's affected the whole world, things have been shut down, like trades, shops, towns, whole countries have gone into lockdown, like the UK, and so it's affected everyone in such a drastic way, because all these measures being put in place, other countries, you know, aren't taking it, I don't say, I'll say it seriously, but it's more, um, more strictly, really, Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely going to change, I think that's going to be something that's going to be studied because of how big it was. Obviously, with law, there's um, stuff put in place already, as Boris Johnson can make changes without really asking Parliament. You know, that's that's definitely a big thing. But there's definitely going to be new rules and regulations because of this, and we already have a few in place because of it. Mm, definitely. And I feel that with history and law, they're very contemporary subjects, so they move as time goes. So I think with the pandemic yeah. sort of being interpreted into those, um, into history and law, it can be all sort of like written down, so through poems in English, for example. And as time goes on, I really think that there should be more of an effort made to sort of write about people's experiences during the pandemic. Definitely, because, you know, as you, as you write, you learn, other people can learn from your writing and... Um, you know, we have we have laws dating back to 1800, 1600 um, that are still in effect today and we still, you know, learn from them and use them as examples in today's law and uh, if people write about them and write about what they did to, like, help them, you know, other people can learn and, like, help themselves, you know, deal, deal with this situation. Mm, definitely, definitely. And... Laws have been really a big thing during the pandemic to kind of keep people safe and to protect people. But there's sort of recent talk about having sort of vaccine passports and laws on whether people can attend concerts based on whether they've had the vaccine or not. Do you agree with this? I I think that's a good thing to have because it makes sure everyone's safe. You know, it it allows people to go back into the world, start to get the economy flowing, everything. Mm. 
though it's kind of unfair towards people who don't get the vaccine immediately or don't get it at all. Um, in the UK, the young people have not been immunized, but the older people have. And if they introduce that vaccine passport thing to start traveling or, you know, going into town, going into certain places, it kind of makes it unfair towards the younger people because, you know, they haven't been vaccinated and it's not like they can go and get it. It's because, you know, everyone needs one. Like they're going to do the, they're going to do the um, key workers of other countries first, which is understandable as they should. Um, and I'm not sure when they plan to vaccinate the younger kids, though, if they do put that passport thing into effect, then, you know, it's definitely going to be more fair towards one group of people or a couple of group of people rather than another. Mm, I definitely think age has really come to play during the pandemic because you see how older people are listened to during the Prime Minister's questions, whereas those under 18 haven't been listened to. And a lot of young people's voices have been sort of silenced to an extent. And I definitely feel that for me, uh, especially my voices have been silent and so many other young people that I've spoken to. And even though I have been offered the vaccine, I never took it because of um, personal reasons, but my mum did take it and she took the Pfizer vaccine. But that has enabled her to sort of be with her friends more and speak to other people more. However, I haven't really had that ability to do so outside of school. So how has been, yeah. how's it been with you and your friends and having to meet up? Um, well, you know, because of the, the pandemic, you know, obviously we haven't been able to go outside because of the lockdown. Um, obviously, I did meet my friends, like not in big groups and not for like extended durations of time. I didn't go to the house or anything, you know, we just met outside, we just talked for a bit and then we went. Um, but it's definitely been cut down because of this. Um, we haven't been able to meet as much, which is, you know, not, it's not, it's not nice because, you know, you want to go out, you want to have fun, you want to do what you want. Luckily, um, I play a lot of the games and stuff, so I can talk to my friends online and we've been communicating and hanging out online. Um, but that in-person thing, it's definitely important for some people because, you know, things could not be good at home and they're, like, forced at home to stay inside or, you know, they don't have, like, the tools necessary, like a phone or something, to talk with their friends. Um, so it's definitely been hard for other people because, you know, they, they haven't had the chance to meet up, obviously, with this new, um, new rule in place since the 29th of March. Six people, six people can meet. And that's um, definitely a good thing. On Wednesday the 30th, I went out with my friends and, you know, we all had a big, big talk, you know, we all hung out for a, for a few hours and it was definitely good. You know, we had a nice, nice summer heat or a nice heat wave. And, you know, it, it was definitely a, a good thing. Um, but overall, it's been really, it's not, I wouldn't say hard, but it's just kind of hard, you know, to meet up with friends and stuff so yeah yeah definitely definitely and um, it's great to hear that you managed to sort of meet up with your friends and did get to enjoy that mini bit heat wave just like so many other people have done across the country including that one guy that decided to have a little sunbathe on the london bridge so that was quite interesting to see <laughs> um but yeah so yeah for me i think I haven't really gone out during the pandemic as much, but I think that's purely because a lot of the stuff that I do is all sort of now become more integrated online with things like Zoom yeah. and Discord and things like that. And I think, yeah, a lot of the work I've been doing, I've had more opportunities to do things that are in real life. I never would have been able to because a lot of the stuff is based in sort of London or Scotland or somewhere else. So it's really good yeah. to see that. 
we have been able to sort of meet up and link with other sort of opportunities that we wouldn't normally be able to because we've got all these digital systems in place. So it's quite nice to see that even though we've had to change the way we have fun and talk with people, that it's still sort of going on. We can still sort of meet up virtually. Definitely, yeah. Um, so why do you think the pandemic has had a great effect on young people? Well, you know, young people, they're, they're just growing up, you know, they're, they're getting into the world, they're, they're learning new stuff. And of course, if you, if you shelter someone the whole life, they're not going to know what to do in certain situations. If you, if you keep a kid inside, homeschool them, you know, just mm. keep them like, very cut from the world, they're not going to be able to, you know, grow and develop these skills that are necessary for, for the, the future. And with young, with, with this pandemic, we've been kept inside, we've been not going to school, apart from online lessons recently. And so it's affected them in a negative way, really. It's not too bad because obviously, you know, we've still been able to go to school in certain times and obviously they had that a few, that a few weeks period last year where we could go out and meet, though it's definitely changed a lot of lives, you know. Mm, definitely. School has been transferred to online um, with Zoom, Microsoft Teams, you know, all this. And people have been also using like Discord, you know, all these online chat services to talk with their friends. And so they have been growing up, but they haven't really been out of the town, you know, they haven't been hanging out in person. And so, you know, there's that lack of physical connection between people. Um, in the future, you know, I'm sure we'll use Microsoft Teams or, you know, similar services if this happens again. Um, and people will be used to it. And it's good that we do have it because, you know, young people need to learn. And especially with school, they need to be learning the important stuff for their exams, you know, for, for universities and, um, and stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely changed a lot of how young people's lives run. Mm. You know, the, the usual schedule for a school student, like two years ago, wake up at eight, you know, breakfast, shower, you know, get ready for school, you go out for school, you learn your stuff, you know, have lunch, come back, do your homework and, and go out, go out and play maybe, you know, uh, but now it's like wake up, you know, get, get ready, but not get ready in the uniform, you can just brush your teeth, go in the shower, have breakfast, but then you know, online, you're staying inside, you know, you're not getting out, you're not stretching your legs, you're not having much exercise um, compared to like, how you would. And then, you know, you have your lesson, you do you do some work, and then you go back to being inside. And it's, it's definitely changed a lot of people's lives, definitely, I'd say, especially young people. Yeah, I think definitely it's changed the way boundaries work, because I think before the pandemic and before having to stay inside so much you had your boundaries between I'm at home I'm at school I'm doing this I'm doing that and you saw the difference between sort of being in bed and chilling out and studying but now I think when it comes to studying when it comes to learning and finding new skills everyone sort of had to adapt to this new online way to learn because sometimes I find myself waking up maybe 10 minutes before the lesson hopping straight out of my bed and walking 10 seconds to my computer so there's no real sort of boundary between yeah. am I at home am I relaxing so some people have sort of really struggled with their mental health as they've had to sort of spend more time on their work because they haven't really managed to find that boundary again and I think Definitely. to go back 
to what the normal is after the pandemic is going to be such a very long process that the government really needs to support young people with, especially when it comes to sort of access and opportunities. Because a lot of young people during the pandemic have not had some of the things that I've had or you've had. They haven't had computers. They haven't had the phones to speak to people. They've kind of just been isolated within themselves and stuck within their sort of small four walls. So, yeah, it's created a really new way to grow. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, it's everything sort of merged into one because mm. we're all inside. Um, normally, people might use a computer for, for work or to do homework or school, but now they're probably using it to talk with their friends, to, to learn new things, obviously, to, to have some leisure time. And it's all mixed into one. And as you said, with the opportunities, you know, people, young people haven't really been able to go out, you know, get jobs, get, get different experiences. And uh, definitely going forward, it's going to be it's going to be difficult to get back to you know what the norm was because everything's just changed. Mm, yeah, I think it's all about sort of finding a new norm and sort of moving on from what the pandemic is and what it's been. And although yeah, there has been negative sides to the pandemic, I do feel that there has been some positive sides, and especially yeah. when it comes to the social media, it's really really helped. For example. Um, the sort of highlighting of social issues and activism and the understanding of youth voice has been raised more by other young people and issues that are really strong to them. Things like inequality of opportunities, mental health, education, social media have really been highlighted. And I think that is a really positive side to what's happened. Definitely. Yeah, social media throughout the past like 10 years has grown and it's it's probably not going to stop growing because, you know, it's, it's a very handy thing to have, you know, mm. you can you can post pictures you know you can talk you can do whatever um and they've been using like people have been using it as a platform to spread the word which is which is good because you know there's certain issues which wouldn't really be heard otherwise you know people people just wouldn't be able to spread it as quick um but with online you know you see a picture or something you share it and it, it keeps on going like a chain obviously you can get the word of mouth though it's easier on like social media because there's no physical distance or there's no distance boundaries between people and obviously a lot of activism has been posted a lot of issues brought up a lot of people exposed you know and the issues are being made right and stuff's being done you know the, the governments are actually doing stuff about what people are complaining about as opposed to uh just if you sort of write a letter or something because so many people can access it and can boost it and share it that it sort of makes people have to do something about it you know so i think mm. it's definitely a good thing yeah definitely because it's kind of acted as a mandate because now it's on social media an mp can't say they haven't seen it because they've got twitter they've got instagram they've got this that and the other so it's not really something they can just ignore when it's trending on twitter the number one thing talking about civil rights or um, activism. So definitely MPs can't ignore it. It's right in front of them. So they've got no excuses. And I think yeah, also... Yeah, the... Sorry, go on. Oh, no, you go, yeah. Well, uh, I was just going to say, um, you know, all these big people that have been getting onto social media, you know, Donald, Donald Trump, you know, Hillary Clinton, obviously all these different governments too, and MPs and stuff, and... You know, as you said, there's no excuse for them really because they can see it's there and people can obviously tag them and, and it, it helps a lot, definitely. Mm, yeah, I definitely think I've seen a rise in people using Twitter and using 
TikTok and using Instagram and so many of these new sort of social media apps or these sort of social media apps that originally sort of stuck for one generation and told us all more youth-based sort of apps and things like that we're now seeing people from different age groups coming together on these apps so it's quite cool to see how people that like anime can be on one sort of like um hashtag and all these people are collaborating together and people are talking about shows and and news and everything and just seeing all these different people from all across the world talking about the same issue is a really cool thing to see and especially because i I have like a massive love for like crime and thriller stuff and anime. So it's quite interesting to see people like hashtagging from like Australia and America and all these other places, especially like on my TikTok or something, I'll like go through my For You page and I'll be seeing people talking about like Attack on Titans and people like the conversation is constantly like bubbling and it's constantly going on. So it's quite cool to see um, how shows are enjoyed so much across the country. So even though there may be a language barrier or there may be sort of an understanding barrier or an age barrier, we can still connect through shows and cartoons and stuff. Definitely, yeah. Obviously, as you said, you know, people from other countries have been sharing and talking and stuff, and that's that's quite a uh, good thing to see. You know, you, you like communities growing because that means, you know, friendships are being made, everyone's enjoying, everyone's having a good time. That's the main, main thing. Mm. Everyone's just doing what they like and, and talking about it. And... Definitely with the age thing, you know, people might be like people might be shy to say they like this show because they're too old or too young, and you know, giving them the platform and allowing them to connect from everywhere just definitely makes that community a really strong bond. Mm, definitely, and I think I've seen a real difference between sort of lockdown one and lockdown three when it comes to sort of people speaking up and people sort of connecting across social media because I think at the beginning of lockdown everything was all confusing and no one really wanted to connect with each other that much but now I'm seeing more people connecting with each other more people less afraid to sort of talk to someone from another country and more people sort of speaking up about things so yeah definitely I, I love to see how sort of everyone's sort of interconnecting but I also like to see how since the start when we were all so confused and we didn't know anything and how it's changed now so what do you think has been the biggest thing that's changed from lockdown one to lockdown three? I definitely say the the group work, you know, I mean, all the people in the UK getting together and just trying to get through it and following the rules and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Obviously at the start, as you said, everyone was scared because they didn't know what was happening. There was this big killer virus going around and obviously, you know, everyone's going to be in confusion. Like, the government is saying, stay inside. Like, this has never happened before in my life, personally. Maybe, uh, I don't think anything has happened before. You know, obviously, there's been different sorts of uh, events, such as, like, terrorist attacks, mm. stock market crashes, but it's it's not really warranted the same things as this one has. Everyone was being told to stay inside. Um, they didn't know if they were going to get the virus. They didn't know where the virus was, you know, you can't see it, so it, that makes it harder at the um, like to start with, basically. And then obviously all these new rules are being introduced. You can't go out. You can't see your friends. That's cut off a lot of things for people. And as the lockdowns have developed, um, we've been getting accustomed to it, and we've been evolving around them. So now schools are online, and you know there's all these online skill share uh, skill share sites. There's YouTube, you know, people have come together and 
gone used to the lockdowns and made the best of it, really, I mm. think. Um, everyone has just been doing their part. They know what's happening now and they know what they need to do mm. to keep everyone safe. And I think definitely that's the biggest change between the different lockdowns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with you there because I think at the beginning, the first lockdown, especially after the whole exams palaver and the government just not really listening to us at all everyone was a mix between uncertain and annoyed and that kind of just showed itself up in the way that people were reacting to lockdown rules because i was seeing people having motives this way that way and the other at the beginning because nobody wanted to listen nobody wanted to understand or you had the people that were kind of like fully isolated themselves confused as didn't want to speak to anyone didn't want to do anything didn't want to look at posts, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to be involved with anyone. And now it's given a more community spirit sort of thing. Cause like I would go on Twitter, I'd go on Instagram at the beginning of lockdown one and people would be constantly bickering in the comments about lockdown rules, about like eat random political things. But now I'm seeing people more collaboratively coming together. So I'm seeing people that are like, oh, we should be staying inside. We should be doing this. I'm seeing more people setting up online things like online bake sales and online like lessons and things like that as you said like school sharing and stuff like that where people can come together and they can learn new skills and talk to new people and that sort of collaborative element has shown that you know the UK and so many other countries can come together like even though there's so many different people for different genders and um, different sexualities and different ethnicities even though we're all really really different and really really unique in our own special ways we can all still come together so I think that's brilliant to see. Yeah, um, also that thing you said at the start, you know, how everyone was, you know, this, uh, like, not not liking the lockdown rules, um, and, you know, people didn't like them, they were, like, giving backlash and stuff. Mm. Um, in the schools, you know, year 11s and 13s didn't have to do their exams, they got their predictive results. That, that was me, I was the year 11, and obviously I was, I was thrilled to not have to do my exams, because, you know, that's, that's definitely a big part of growing up and going through Definitely. school. But, you know, the year 10s and the year, thir- the year 12s were all just like, oh, that's not fair, that's not fair. And obviously now they've realised why this happened and obviously everyone coming together, it's just been a good thing in general. Yeah, I, I was that year 11 too. I was, but I think for me, I was a bit like, when I found out exams were cancelled, my instant reaction on, I think it was like the 18th of March, when we were told to leave school early, I was thinking, what on earth is going on? I better be getting my GCSEs. I'm trying to have a good career. Yeah. I'm trying to be in my bag. Like, I was I was not having it at the beginning. Then I sort of realised and it started getting into my head that, okay, this is a pandemic. This is real. Da, 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 da. And then when I started getting, like, people in my family being told that, oh, someone's got covid uh, your grandma's got something, your aunt, everything. And that's when the realism kicked in. And I was like, oh, wow, it's it's a pandemic. It's real. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's not like some little sort of measles outbreak in Germany or somewhere else. It's like a real thing that's affecting the whole world. And I think once everyone came to the realisation that it's real, it's affecting everyone, everyone was all in the same boat and everyone was more able to sort of connect with each other a bit more because we all had that common situation that we all never dealt with before and that we're all struggling in the same boat. So I think that sort of common common problem that we all had sort of brought us even closer together. Definitely, yeah. 
But I would say that since sort of lockdown one to now, my free time has changed drastically. Because when when sort of we were told that you're not doing GCSEs, I spent the whole from like March to July just banging out anime, banging out movies, banging out everything. And I was not thinking about anything, to be honest. I was like, you know yeah. what? This is my extra summertime. I ain't getting no prom. I ain't getting no parties. I'm not getting no motives. But at least I'm going to watch stuff. So I just banged out show after show after show. Like my my Netflix. So I went through so many different shows on Netflix. So yeah, I think my hobbies now have changed drastically, especially because we've gone to college and we're all doing our A-levels now or MVQs and some people doing different other qualifications and now it's sort of gotten a bit real again and that we've still got a future ahead of us and that we still need to be preparing for that future because I think in the beginning not a lot of us were thinking about our future but now we're all like shoot university's next year like I've got to think about yeah. what I'm studying I've got this to think about so have you sort of come to the realization of what you're going to do in uni or are you still just kind of thinking about it yeah I I was very confused and I didn't know what I wanted to do in year 11 and at the start of um, year 12 and so I just I was talking with my dad and he was like what just what about a lawyer and I was like you know what yeah I'll do that and I've set my mind on lawyer now in year 11 when when we were sent home early um, from school I was like yes this is great more time to do whatever I want you know staying inside because we had to, you know, playing games. I was only focused on that, watching stuff. Now, a year later, almost, or no, it has been a year, actually, yeah. I've realised that, you know, this is quite important stuff that I need to be doing. And I have been lacking, really, in the revision and stuff. And I realised that, you know, this is definitely an important time. Like you said, uni is just a year away. It's next, next year. And in fact... Um, around Christmas time or just after, um, I know uh, my school is going to be looking um, around at some universities and they're going to be coming in and stuff. And so my mindset has definitely flipped very quickly on on the future. And mm. I've now realised that it's uh, quite an important thing. And I shouldn't be wasting my time, really. Yeah, honestly, like, I think we've all sort of been forced to grow up so quickly. And it's kind of like our sort of our youth to an extent has been cut short. The government really just came in yeah. and was like, yeah, it's not going to work like the way you wanted it to. And we've all been sort of forced to grow up, but we haven't really had that help as such to sort of get us going and get us on the move. And I know that other year 13s and year 11s and even year 10s are struggling way more than we were, we are like right now. They literally have no help, no support or whatever. The government is doing juju, whatever. They'd be going this way, that way, the other way. They'd be saying, oh, you've got exams. No, you don't have exams. Yeah, you do have mini mocks. So the government has been really inconsistent and confusing with the messages that they're putting out at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. But I think now that I've started to think about my career, what I want to do with my life now, I think... I've got some sort of like knowledge of a goal that I'm looking forward to because I remember thinking about maybe doing German or doing something to do with politics or doing something to do with sight. So my head's just kind of all over the place. But I remember sort of from like year eight, I went on a German exchange trip, which uh, you went on as well. 
and yeah. I remember going on that trip thinking, "Wow, I want to be in Germany. I want to, I want to stay yeah, here. Yeah. I want to reclaim my my German citizenship that I only have, um, I only have like rights to because I was born there, and I was there for like three years. Like I was thinking, I want to explore. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. But I think now it's kind of come to the point where I've sort of settled down and become a bit more realistic about it. And especially since sort of yeah. leaving the EU, it's kind of been like, oh that opportunity is kind of blocked off now because now if I want to go to uni in Germany, I've got to pay extortionate fees to go to Germany or I have to lose my British citizenship and then regain my German citizenship and then do nationalisation there. So you can really see that since leaving the EU and Brexit, that ties between the UK and the EU are, are very short as, you know, even with the vaccines, you've got um, issues with people sort of holding the vaccines and sort of the EU saying that um, the AstraZeneca vaccine causes blood clots and that they shouldn't be using it in Europe. So you can sort of see the nationalism between the two bodies and see how it's sort of breaking between them. So would you ever consider sort of going to the EU or is that something that's completely off the tables for you? Well, you know, since, since I was young, I've always wanted to travel around you know I, I like seeing new stuff experiencing new cultures and for my birthday last year me and my dad were meant to go on a, like a weekend trip to some european country maybe france you know somewhere somewhere close but mm. it's now it's not an e not as easy as that obviously yeah. you can still fly over but because of this new pandemic thing you have to take the tests and because of brexit especially you know bonds aren't as, aren't as strong between the UK and EU and stuff's more expensive coming in from the EU and going out mm. and you know it's it's changed a lot obviously you have to pay more for certain stuff and the trades as the trades as a result have been sort of ruined in a way obviously there's there's fishermen in, from the UK whose main their customer are European countries not the UK and because of Brexit, you know, it's been cut off. Well, they have to pay new fees, get new documents, and, you know, do all this stuff. And because everything's been shut down, you know, maybe they can't afford to do that because of like, different situations. And everything has sort of been cut, like all the ties, you know, all the friendships. And, you know, like you said, with the... AstraZeneca vaccine when they were saying it was causing blood clots that kind of sounded a little hostile like obviously they're not gonna go to war over it though uh, it made it sound like not as friendly and it's just uh, I think it's we voted for it you know we mm. voted for this though I don't think it's kind of fair for us that didn't get to vote you know because yeah. uh, I, I don't know the ultimate reason why we left I don't know the main goal driving us for leaving but i just don't think it's a very good thing to do you know obviously no. things are definitely going to change between traveling countries um and so it's just not very good in general because of it so. yeah i think these bonds breaking between governments it was just a really silly thing to me because personally if i was able to vote i would have voted to stay purely because yeah we put a lot of money into the eu and yes that could be used for the nhs but look at where we are now are they putting that much money into the nhs no 
So I think it would have been so much better if we had stayed in the EU because even though, yeah, we're putting money into them, they're putting money into us at the same time. Because obviously, if you look at, for for example, the north and south of England, there is a massive divide between the two and nobody can say anything about it. In the south, we've got the bustling businesses, we've got EU companies, American companies, everyone sort of... um, relocating to the south of England but in the north there's not really as much now because obviously the industries are shut and especially because bonds have been broken with the EU now they're no longer sort of stimulating the north and now it's sort of up to us to re-stimulate the north but at the same time we've also got to deal with the NHS and we've got to do with the school systems so I think the bonds breaking was purely a money motivated thing but I think especially during the pandemic we've really seen how health needs to be highlighted more than wealth and how we should we really be yeah, thinking about the people and not money? So if you could speak to a decision maker on any issue that you could right now, what would you say to them? I'd say, if we're going to do a Brexit, put it off a few years until we know this pandemic is over. Because as you said, you know, health is more important than wealth. Ultimately, you know, if you don't have people, then you don't, you don't get money. You can't, you can't have an economy. Mm. And... I'd put Brexit off a few years so we can make sure everyone gets put back to where they were before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone gets vaccinated, everyone's safe, everyone is just back on the right track because obviously things have changed and it's just changed everything. Definitely. There's been a lot of change, a lot of uncertainty running through all of this recently. And I just don't think the government is really doing enough about it. And not they're not doing enough about it when it comes to helping out the youth. They're not doing enough about it when it comes out to comes about to helping the adults. So definitely I think ties really shouldn't have been broken with the EU. We're better together than apart. And us supporting them is good for us as well. So I think if you invest in your people by sort of making sure they're they're educated, they've got the opportunities and they've got everything that they need to sort of prosper and make the country better, the economy is automatically going to be working anyway because you don't need to sort of help them out in multiple ways. So, yeah, the pandemic has really, really flipped everything on its head and has really sort of shown to us how money isn't the main goal in life and money isn't really the biggest thing that we should be always worrying about. So what would be your, your number one tip to yourself or anyone going through a pandemic again? I definitely say use the time wisely. Mm. Um, when when I got let out early from school, I didn't care about anything. I, I my main mind was fun, 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 games, you know, movies, anything. Not school, um, but it, I just didn't really see the future like I do now, and that was a lot of time wasted. That was like a whole six months at home or something before we started college again mm. and obviously while in college we weren't even in there full time and I wasted a lot of time there now I've I've picked myself up and I'm getting on it more but I just I realised a lot of time has been wasted and obviously you're not really going to see that when your mind's just been focusing on exams and, and all the other stuff but it's quite important so I definitely make sure your time is used wisely i hear you on the time being used wisely that literally speaks to me because i have not been using my time wisely at all so definitely that would be my number one tip as well so thank you ever so much byron for sharing your experience of the pandemic it's been brilliant talking to you and just hearing you enlighten us with all your words it's been brilliant thank you very much that boy
Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.